We got a special guest today. In fact, this is in place of our normal five topic starting five episode on Mondays, but it's a big one. There's some positive buzz and we brought in an expert to break it down for us. Positive buzz for both Michigan and Michigan State. Not to tease too much, but uh, we brought in Davis Mosley. He is a recruiting analyst slash reporter for Rivals and Rivals is a big name. Carter and I have never really talked to anybody from Rivals. So I feel like we're honored to be in your presence, Davis. Man, I'm honored to be here. <laughs> yeah, I am I, honored to be here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Rivals vet. I don't know if you are, G, but I've been... I still remember when I was pissed because I was never on Rivals, but for good reason I was never on Rivals. Should have never been on there, but always, always <laughs> been rocking with Rivals. So I'm glad you come on and talk some hoops with us. Yeah, we man, could, I'm glad to be here. If we could time travel it, I would love to see Davis's breakdown of you at 17 years old. Oh, uh, uh, emotional, incognito, uh, attitude issues, <laughs> heart, passion, uh, heavy set. That would probably wrap it up. But but skilled, skilled, okay. but skilled. Well, we can, can work with skill. Yes, Kenny, sir. Kenny Lofton light, maybe. I don't know. Like that's say in some circles. That's NBA player. Hey, or like circles. or Milano Jackson Kohler, same height. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Okay. Uh, so Isaiah Collier is one A on Michigan's board. They want him. A lot of teams want him. There was rumored Kentucky interest as of no less than three days ago. And now it seems that there's a final four matriculating here of the West Coast schools, Big Ten schools, USC, UCLA, and then Michigan. And then I guess technically Cincinnati's in it, I believe. That's the fourth school. But I it, come on. He's not really going to Cincinnati, is he? This is USC, UCLA, and Michigan by my hey, eyes. Hey, re respect Wes Miller, please. On this I, I'm just not going to be able to do that at the moment, Cart. Uh, but I, I look, as a Michigan fan, I'm pretty terrified of the West Coast schools in this case. I've told Davis on the side, I'm not letting myself get my hopes up at all. But let's make no mistake about it. Collier would be a game changing recruit for Michigan. Their biggest problem in the Juwan Howard era, in my opinion, has been a lack of shot creation, a lack of dynamic stuff going on in the backcourt. No offense to Eli Brooks. He's one of the winningest players, maybe the winningest player in Michigan history. No offense to the grad transfer Ivy League point guards he keeps bringing in. But he is not homegrown a five-star recruit at point guard in his time at Michigan. He needs to do that. Isaiah Collier essentially would be the best guy he could do that with. Davis, let's start and just talk about Collier himself. You saw him. You've seen him plenty of times. You've, I mean, you, you write about him. You have a relationship sure. with him. How good is Isaiah Collier? Yeah, so he's hurt right now. He's got a knee injury from uh, Team USA basketball tryout, so he wasn't able to play. Um, and Peach and his family kind of shut him down for precautionary reasons, which I totally get. Um, watching him, to me, he's the best player in the country. I don't think there's a better player than him. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's just the top guard. I really think he's the top overall player. There's not a thing on the basketball court he doesn't do exceptionally well. And the one thing that everybody's always said is he can't shoot the ball like he should. And then he goes around and shoots 44% from three in EYBL play. And he, he was top 10 in scoring uh, on, on, on the circuit. And I think he finished number one in assists with six and a half. Quite honestly, I, I don't see a player that does things like he does. And, you know, maybe he's not going to dunk on you 
he's not going to run in, uh, you know, pull a John Wall or Russell Westbrook and, and yam over you, but he doesn't need to. Everything he does is exceptionally well, and, and I can't find a player better than him. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, to me when I when I watch him play, he's like an ele- he's an elevator of everyone around him too. As in, and I like that with, with my point guard because you know you had the point guards who had that ability to make the flashy plays necessarily, you know, drive down the lane, dunk on somebody, just like you said. But I mean, you pointed to the assist numbers with him, and that's what he is to me. Like even if there are the jump shot deficiencies that somebody talks about, he's tough as shit. He's going to get up in you. He's going to make you better, make his teammates better. And, I mean, what do you not want a point guard? And as much as this kills me to say as a Michigan's, Michigan State fan, I think he would fit extremely well being a point guard for Michigan that you could plug and play him right away with the graduation. Because you had the graduation of Llewellyn after this year, right? That's a one-year thing. Right. It could yeah. be a, it could be a two year thing for the record. It could, it could be a two year thing. He okay, is, well, let, Llewellyn is playing that differently publicly than Smith and Jones did. He is okay. uh, not shut it down when floated that he has two years. Okay, so I mean, you you look at the graduation of Llewellyn next year, and then you'll have the point guard options of McDaniel and Collier. That's that's pretty damn good, and that's a tough back. That's a tough backcourt too. That'll immediately, even though they're young, and Kyler be a freshman, and McDaniel will be a sophomore. Just on a toughness type standpoint, like you don't want to go toe to toe with those guys. Like those are those are two dog point guards. So it hurts me. I think you should go to USC. It's nice on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, you know, I said he's the best player, but he's he's also the best playmaker in the country. I mean, like I said, he led led EYBL in assists per game, six point five. Um, for his high school team, he does the same thing. He sets those guys up. And now he has some good players on his high school team for Wheeler. Uh, same place where Jalen Brown went. It, it's, it's a great program over there. They got, they got a lot of good stuff going on. But, but he really sets up his teammates, um, in particular, Aronson Page. He's another top 50 recruit. Um, he's a center, and, and he plays so well with him. I mean, they're like the perfect duo for each other. Uh, Collier, he's, he's, just, he's just great. Just does everything well. So I, as a Michigan fan for the last 10 years, really, I have sort of been surprised that there hasn't been a little bit more point guard positional recruiting success. And Michigan fans might roll their eyes at that because like Derek Walton was really good. Xavier Simpson was a winner and put up some big numbers, but like after Trey Burke's whole national player of the year thing and with beeline still there for a while, I sort of anticipated they would get some high profile guards to be featured in that offense in a way that they didn't really. Um, And I I think they did with NBA wings, like after Stauskas broke out, it seemed like they had more of a run of success on the wing than they did at point guard. And then Juwan took over and same thing like point guard to me has been the issue. Like I said, Um, so I just assumed, I mean, anytime you hear Kentucky sprinkled in, in a recruitment, especially with the guard, that seems like a red flag when you're trying to go against them. What's the Kentucky interest. Can we like, how do we gauge that at this point? Is that a serious option? Honestly, no, to me, to me, you know, I spoke with him on Tuesday. He, he did, he did come down in person to, to support his teammates. He and his dad drove down. Um, and I spoke to both of them. And neither of them mentioned Kentucky. So, yes, I think they they reached out and it probably meant something to them. But you can't get 
you know, in a recruitment of the top player in the country in the last two weeks. Nobody can. I mean, and if you can, then more power to you. And that's probably a million dollars under the table. But I mean, I, no. I think that's mu- music to my ears. See, see it's, in the headway. It, I mean, and, and I talked to him yesterday. He's down to four. It's, it's, or I talked to him two or three days ago. Um, it's Cincinnati, Michigan, UCLA, and, and USC. And, and he's going to, you know, visit Michigan this, this upcoming uh, week. I think it's Thursday through Saturday. I think that's the, uh, the 28th through the 30th. Um, and he's going to come back home and, and make a decision before his senior year. And he, it seems like he's elevated that timeline, too, as far as, like, well, he getting the Michigan visit and then some buzz on I want to commit shortly after that. Not to, like, right. not to make a correlation directly between those, but, like, you can squint yeah. as a Michigan fan and sort of see – this week is a massive week in this recruitment, right? Well, no question. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think there was at first, uh, when, when it first started coming out, there was a little buzz like, oh, he's already got a decision in mind. If he's looking to commit, well, that doesn't bode well for Michigan. No, when I talked to him, you know, maybe, maybe my words didn't come out well, but he's got a decision date in time. You know, he doesn't have a decision in mind. He's, he's got a date and, and they want to stick to that now who knows when that could be. They didn't, they didn't tell me. Um, but I, I have a call with them on the 1st of August. Uh, so whenever they get back, um, I'll be talking to them about what, what's going on and they'll inform me. Um, and, and, and that's the way it is. Like I've, I've built a really good relationship with them. Um, you know, before I publish something on their kid, I want to send them, you know, make sure that they approve of it before, you know, I, I do anything. I want to make sure they're okay with what they said, all that. And so that I build up trust with them. Um, you know, and hopefully they, they view me as somebody that does right by them. And so I feel like I get a little bit, maybe, maybe stuff a little bit earlier than most, like, like the, uh, the down to four schools, I had that a day before anybody else, you know? And so that's, you know, that, that's how it goes when, when you treat people like, like that. And so I just, I think that he doesn't have a day, uh, that he wants to announce like, necessarily but i think he has an idea rather than uh, a program in mind I, I just i just don't feel a vibe from from one program that much more than that. i think he likes usc a lot and most people would tell you ucla i think it's usc uh and, and i think michigan's right there with with usc that'd be nice for you guys greg to get the the second best playmaker next to jeremy fears my my young floor general that's gonna be oh. his part dog yes oh. You, you again, I mean, you've got you've got backups upon backups lined up for A.J. Hogarth's next two years. I congratulate you. <laughs> Relax. On that. We're looking for some instant impact guys over here in Ann Arbor. So you, you USC is the biggest threat by your eye. If you had to go full crystal ball gut prediction mode today on July 25th at 951 a.m. Eastern, what would you go with? I mean, you know, I told you the other day. I said, gun to my head, you know, somebody's ready to pull the trigger. I'm picking Michigan. Mm. Now, a lot of stuff can change. I'm not even remotely close to thinking that's true. <laughs> and probably gun to my head, I'm dying. But, Just fire but, but if if somebody was forcing me to pick, I think getting a last visit is humongous in this. Uh, I think he visited uh, the both West Coast schools a couple months ago at earliest. Um, 
That's a long time to not see a program. Now his brother lives in LA. And so that's a little bit of a, um, you know, at least a factor that helps him want to go out there, but getting the last visit is humongous. And, and the family is very, you know, pro Michigan. And now they're also pro USC and UCLA, but they're, they're fans of Michigan. They're fans of what uh, Jawan Howard's got going on over there. They love the fact that he can get him to the NBA. He played 20 years, whatever, you know, you hear it from every recruit. Um, but at the end of the day, this family is an NIL family. And, and honestly, they've told me several times they don't care about NIL for, for a second. They don't even think it's here to stay, which, of course, helps Michigan because they're not willing to play NIL. You know, and, and it keeps you in a recruitment if, if the kid's not interested in NIL. Um, but no, I uh, gun to my head. I'm probably picking at 952. I'm probably picking <laughs> Michigan. 954 rolls around. It might be USC, but right now it's Michigan. Y'all got that last visit, Greg. Don't blow it. Be a shame. Oh, wow. That's the angle, huh? It'd be, it'd be a shame. It would be a it shame. Be. Well, you know, Cart, well, maybe you don't know. I don't know. You ever go on any visits for basketball? How important so, was your last visit? Uh, not really that, to be honest, not that important. <laughs> I mean, what was your visit like Albion or Planet Fitness? That's so disrespectful. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I mean, that is that is absolutely disrespectful, and I will not even give that the time of day. Hmm. Hope you burn yourself in your coffee. Okay. Well, it's actually lukewarm at this point, which is how I hope UCLA and USC are with Isaiah Collier. Uh, so you didn't like that, did you? Carter? That was disgusting. But I'll let you move on. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> by the way, just for the record, if this somehow makes it back to Isaiah Collier, I'd just like to throw out there: USC as a program has made three Sweet Sixteens since two thousand. Since Y2K, since the new millennium, since I assume that was before he was born, uh, Michigan's made seven consecutive second weekends in the NCAA tournament. So just throwing that out there. You'd be the best point guard we've had in roughly 10 years. I mean, it's not close. Come win. Come win in Ann Arbor. That's what we do here. Carter knows a little bit about that. Uh, you, you talked about another point guard, though to me at least on the side this week and Carter mentioned it would be a very tough backcourt, a very quote unquote dog in him backcourt. That's Doug McDaniel. I was up here hyping the Doug McDaniel hype train last week. I said he is the number one player in program history for the Greg Waddell eye test that somehow made its way back to the UM hoops boards and like five people on there were like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and I had to explain like that has nothing to do with how like he is on the court. It's not a basketball related thing. It's me looking at his headshot and being like, I think that dude who wears number zero and whose name is Doug and has an arm sleeve is going to be a killer. Uh, but it sounds like there are on court reasons to be as excited about Doug as I am. And they even made their way to you at Peach Jam this past yeah. week. What happened? It was kind of wild. So, you know, I've only been doing the rivals beat for a little bit. You know, I'm only 19 years old. I'm still in college. So, um, you know, I've started about a month ago. Um, and Peach Jam was like my first major project. And I was there alone, um, which, which was great. So I, I got up, you know, with the, uh, the Rivals National guys, which I've got good, good relationships with them. And they introduced me to a lot of people, which was, which was so great. Um, but maybe uh, a couple hours after I met a group of guys, they actually came back up to me. Um, while we were watching a game and, and they were just talking about Michigan and, and all that stuff. And eventually the conversation got switched to Doug McDaniel. 
Um, and they had a lot of great things to say about him, which, which is kind of nice because not many people do. You know, <laughs> a lot of people don't talk nice about Doug McDaniel. They, uh, they see five foot nine and they turn their head. And that's what happened in, in the rankings. Um, and a lot of analysts will tell you that they might regret, you know, putting him that low. I think he ended up in the 90s um, on rivals and, and I think on three as well. But uh, that, that's not going to that's not going to hold. Doug, Doug is not the 90th best player in the country. If he was six foot one, he'd be a top 10 player. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to name drop anybody, but some big names in national analysts, you know, that 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 role were saying that to me. And and about the people that came up to me, a couple of them said that, that he's going to be, you know, three year starter for Michigan, be like Xavier Simpson, but better. This was the quote I think I think he gave me. Um, and another one had watched him for, you know, 10 years. They grew up both in the DC area, um, you know, the DMV and, uh, had watched Doug all through middle school, high school, and said that, you know, the moment he stepped on, on the court in high school, he was ultimate dog, you know, and and they have a a running joke called the, the no fear all-stars. And he was the team MVP as a freshman, which that's, uh, you know, ba- basically meaning, you know, he steps on the court and isn't afraid for a second. And that's true. You watch, you know, you just look up Doug McDaniel on YouTube and in every video is from like four years ago, matching up against Cade Cunningham or Jaden Springer at IMG, you know, down there at the Hoop Fest tournament in Northern Florida. And, and he gave Jaden Springer hell as a five foot seven, 125 pound freshman gave six, four Jaden Springer hell. And, and that's what he's going to bring. And uh, it's great to hear that all the way down there. Nobody does that. You know, nobody talks about guys like that. And so it was really a, it was refreshing to hear something good about Doug. Well, okay. So this is what I'll say. And I, I think this goes back to a point that Greg makes to me all the time for as good as he is, they bring in a point guard like Jalen Wellen. Is he going to be taking away minutes from Doug? Do they play them? Do they play them together? I mean, that, with all this hype going around him, is I just don't see you having all that hype and then coming off the bench. I don't really know how that works. Greg, you have a comment on that? Well, as as Davis so uh, you know eloquently stated, he's a three year starter, Carter. He's not a four year starter in line at Michigan. That was always the plan. Doug is Tyler Ulysses with rabies. It's gonna show. He's gonna rabies. be great. He's gonna get on the court. He's gonna play. He's gonna be a pest. I would honestly feel very strongly that in practice, Doug McDaniel is going to have Jalen Llewellyn in hell. He's going to have that man in a lockbox. I'm not that high on Jalen Llewellyn. I think Jalen Llewellyn is an inefficient Ivy League player who everyone presumes is going to be Michigan's best backcourt player. I don't think that's for sure the case. I hope Jalen Llewellyn's great, but... Again, I am very concerned about how these transfers at point guards stunt the growth of future players. I think Frankie Collins is going to be really good at Arizona State. Now, Frankie had a lot of reasons he didn't make sense on the Michigan roster, and that's why he's gone. You can't play Frankie Collins with Hunter Dickinson. And if Hunter's around for another year, maybe that changes how Michigan approaches point guard yet again because – there's questions on Doug's shooting. There's questions on Isaiah Collier's shooting, even if those are not necessarily fair. But right. no, I'm, am I worried about Doug? No, I think Doug's going to be an absolute killer. I would love a backcourt that includes both him and Collier. I think they could play together. Uh, but yeah, let's get let's get the Ivy League point guards out of here, man. I'm I'm out of that. I don't need that anymore. Yeah. 
you know, I think uh, I just want to comment about Doug's shooting. That's like the one thing other than his size that everybody talks about. And that's fine. Like, I okay, fine. You talk about his size, that's fine. The guy shot 42% from three in the WCAC, the very best high school basketball conference in the world. And he shot 42% from three. Not catch and shoot threes, not right up on the line. He's taking step backs. He's taking off the bounce from 30 feet, and he's knocking down 42%. And I, I cannot stand when people say he can't shoot. That is, it's just not right. Yeah, he couldn't as a freshman, as a 5'7 freshman. No, he couldn't. Yeah, his jumper's a little low. Okay. The guy shot 42% from three in the best high school basketball conference in the world. That's all I got to say about that. But um, yeah. And the type of shots too. We like, we, well, yeah. we talked about this a little. It's not 42 on catch and shoot shit. It's not just set feet shots it's i'm five foot nine and i'm guarded by way bigger players and i'm creating these shots for myself and i'm shooting 42 percent. i think that bodes really well carter if doug mcdaniel was in the michigan state backcourt we we did the michigan state backcourt rankings last week with you prioritization ranks where Mm. would doug land in your uh future michigan state basketball backcourt rankings uh he'd be he'd still be below jay nakins um, but he would be ahead of Tyson. Is he ahead of AJ? I'm not going to put him ahead of AJ. Yet. Wow. No. Okay. I would disagree. If I there. can, if I can <laughs> throw in my hat in the ring here. All right. I'm going Aikens, Hogard, McDaniel, Fears, Walker. There you go. I'm I'm really hurt that both of you are going Hogard over Doug. That makes me scale back my Doug hype a lot. Right now, right now, honest. right now, right now. You give me a year from now, it's it's not. Yeah, but but also, right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a little sneak preview to backcourts or defensive uh, matchups next year with Doug McDaniel and Isaiah Collier. What we're gonna do here <laughs> is you got the paint right here, right? And I want everyone with a foot on the in the paint or on the line. And then you're going to have Collier and McDaniel out here actually clanking in Chrysler. I just want it to be known. Okay. So I think uh, another thing I want to say about, about Doug, um, Kobe Bufkin better be ready. Yeah, I know. Ooh, I, know I like uh, this angle. I like I know, this I know angle. Greg has been very critical uh, of Kobe, as well as Jalen. Um, both of them better be ready. Because if Kobe's not, there's potential for Llewellyn to see time at the two, and there's a room for Jet to take a lot of minutes at the two. Wow. And Doug McDaniel is, is ready. I think, I think he's already a 12 to 15 guy. I think, I think he's going to get a Frankie Collins but more role. Um, and I think there's room for aggressive expansion if, yeah. uh, if Kobe's not ready. And, and if you want to, you know, work a guard in like McDaniel with minutes, like we pointed out on a couple of previous podcasts, like the guard position and point guard position around the conference is down. So you're not necessarily throwing a guy out into the fire. So right. like you mentioned, plays in that great high school conference. Everybody knows about that conference. Like usually kids that come from that conference don't have issues making that transition to college because they're used to playing in big environments, tough environments the moment's never going to actually just like overshadow them and they're going to crumble. And then you have a down conference next year as far as guard wise. So it's not like you're throwing them out to the wolves playing just like the best point guards 
in the country. Like you would, let's say if you threw a big man last year, a freshman big man into the mix, they're going up against Edie, all these guys every single week. That's really throwing a guy out to the fire. But you can really work a McDaniel into that lineup. I mean, we've made arguments for Xavier Johnson maybe being the best point guard in the Big Ten, uh, A.J. Hogard, and that just kind of is the state of what Big Ten basketball is. So Wait, wait, wait. Repeat it's- that last one, Kurt. Hmm? <laughs> the, the A.J. Hogard hype is just a statement on how bad the position is in the Big Ten? Not bad, not bad, but I think anyone can agree that the conference is down at the point guard position. No. You know, there's no there's no bona fide NBA players at the point guard position. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, stop it. I know you're not saying Doug McDaniel's an NBA player. Isaiah Collier. Oh, yeah. Like that. that is a top five pick. Well, and oh. I, 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 but I'm going to not get my hopes up yet again, because we're talking right. about in the Big Ten and there's three Big Ten schools that Isaiah Collier is considering. Right. Now. I didn't say which the one. West Coast ones. I didn't say which one. Yeah, He'll be true. in the Big Ten while he's playing. No, I, I mean, think, yeah, uh, we, we, we've never seen a situation where a five-star was really going to, on his way to Michigan and then ended up at a, at a Pac-12 school. Shout out to uh, Josh Christopher, Gregory. I know you remember those times. Worked out all right for Michigan, didn't it? I mean, one, yeah, one shot away so. from the Elite Eight, a Big Ten title, multiple banners that year. If you didn't have a 5'9 Ivy League point guard, you'd probably win the national championship. Probably. To be if, you have Isaiah Collier, if you have Isaiah Collier, you probably win the national championship there. That's why he needs to, he needs Collier. This is the most important recruit in Juwan's four years, in my opinion. Completely agree. I completely agree. Other than Hunter Dickinson. Other yes, other than Hunter Dickinson. But I man, because I like okay, I'm gonna go there. We don't know how much longer Juwan Howard is gonna be Michigan's head coach. Right. He's got Jet. Once Jet is out of here, am I confident that Juwan's going to hang around five more years? Not at all. Not at all. The, the NBA is after that, man. Like, straight up. I think if Michigan gets three more years from Juwan Howard, and I would hope they're good years, then they're lucky to get three more years out of him. But a guy like Collier might change that. I keep mispronouncing his name, by the way, Collier. But, like, I just, you got to have dudes. Like, if the roster is what it looks like now without Hunter Dickinson a year from now and Jet is a one and done, Jawan's bouncing so fast. Like, you have to have needle movers, and Collier is that. Uh, I want to I wanna go back on Kobe Bufkin, though, because you can't just drop a Kobe Bufkin anecdote and then skate <laughs> that by me. That's not going to happen. I don't think there's any player ever in basketball history that I've been so high on and then so low on so quickly and everybody else in Michigan circles is the opposite of me. Like last year when I was screaming free Kobe, everybody was like, he's clearly not that good. The coaching staff knows more than you. And then now in this off season, everybody else is like, Oh, he's going to play 30 minutes. There's nobody on the roster. He's the two. And I'm like, no, like this is a mistake that they didn't go get a two because Kobe's bad. What if he's just the same Kobe again? So I, I've sort of hypothesized Joan views Jet as an answer at the two. Otherwise, we would have went out and got a better two. Like we can't go into a season with just Kobe Bufkin. And I guess Doug is the other option there, right? Like if Doug's actually that good, you could push Llewellyn to the two, play the two together, and you have Jet as a backup. Which of those options do you think is most likely if the three options are Kobe Bufkin's a 30 minute guy Jet Howard's playing the, the bulk of his minutes at the two and then like Kaya and Terrence Williams are on the wing or Doug McDaniel forces his way out on the floor and they play two guards well we we know uh 
no disrespect to Coach Howard Levin, but uh, he uh, he has a history of playing three power forwards together. So, look, I think I think that's that's probably the way it ends up going. Honestly, if if Kobe's not ready, but I think he is I, personally. Um, you know, I think he is. Everybody talks about him like he is, and that that's not just media that I'm talking about. You know, talking with with the coaching staff, he's he's ready. That's what they say. He's put on 25 pounds um, since he got there. I think he's pushing 200 pounds now, which is crazy because he was skinny as this, this pen right here. But, uh, you know, all signs indicate he's ready. But if he's not, like I said, watch for Jet to get a lot of minutes at the two. Because in my opinion, he's got the on-ball creation of a two, but he's six foot seven, you know. Okay, yeah, he's probably a better fit at the three, but the guy can play the two. And that guy is a, is a is a scorer. That's what he does really really well. So I I, I like Jet. I think uh, I think he could definitely take up a lot of minutes for two, if if uh, Kobe's not ready. Are you like Jet? It's good. He's good shot actor. Good good shot actor. Yes. I mean, I'm team Jet. I'm team Jace. Jace is solid too. I wouldn't be upset. Jace is fine. I want Jace to get his shine. Jace would be like the seventh man on Michigan State's roster. Good one. He would be. Well, they've only that. got like six players that are even on scholarship. By the way, uh, while you guys were talking about Kobe the first time, I went ahead and put a little chart together. I'd love to share why, with you guys. Why are you stealing my whole flow? You're not a chart. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna bust this out on you on an episode, and you kind of beat me to the punch <laughs> with your little paper thing. But as always, Car, you come up with ideas, and then I just perfect them and do them better. Uh, this is a chart of dog and talent rankings for Michigan and Michigan State backcourt <laughs> members. Go ahead and tell me what you think of that. I mean. So, like, you know, up here in the top, you can see, like, the good players, maybe with pro potential, who have both talent and dog in them. And then you see, like, Doug is like A.J. Hogart if A.J. actually had skill. And then A.J. is right here. He's very high on the dog rankings, but, you know, he doesn't really do a lot of good things. And then down here is where the really bad players are, who are both going to get probably 20 minutes for Michigan State this year. (laughs) Any, yeah, you, any you're, you're starting you're, you're starting point guards at the bottom of that chart, by the way. Well, he's far along on the talent one. He just, you know, hey, Ivy yeah, League. He, yeah, he's a little too far along. Honestly, I'm not as mad as you want me to be at that, but I am upset of where you have Jeremy Fears on that chart. Why? Where should where that, should Fears be? Oh, that the the talent should be more. Really? Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player. Yes. Huh. Okay. I, I, he really played well for Team USA. He where would really you really play well? Is he accurate in, on the dog rankings? Like, where should I put him here, Card? Yeah, he's fine. Like, I, right I, here? I in line with, like, in between. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good spot. And I also cannot believe you have – I know I know it must have been a, a logistical issue that you have Jaden Aikens further on the uh, on the talent line than Isaiah Collier. That's a little – Nope, that's correct. That's a little uh, uh, repulsive. I cannot believe that that, that was actually on well, there and shown for more than, more than 30 seconds. <laughs> With with all with with all due respect, we are coming off our Moneyball trip, and Jaden Akins looked like the best guard in college basketball history for that <laughs> two-hour window. So I'm a little blinded by that. I'm not gonna lie, uh, but you're right. That was too much niceness to Michigan State. I should never do that. I'm better than that. <laughs> um, 
By the way, Michigan State fans really were on my ass about that Moneyball thing. Like, we got, like, a good number of comments on that video that were just, like, really, Greg? Like, zero NBA players, really? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, who, who is? Is it Akins? It's that's, Akins, right? That's that, it? Yeah, that's it. And that's not even really a given, is it? Like, even no. he could be great in college, and it's not a given that he goes pro. So, I, I didn't think I was that harsh, but I got a lot of shit on that. Um, let's, let's flip to Michigan state though. Cause there is another Michigan state name or a recruiting name for Michigan state that has some traction and that's Mr. Royal. He is, uh, certainly a, a very Michigan statey prospect from what I've seen. Michigan state's got a big class that they're targeting Izzo and everyone in the Izzo circle is chasing Xavier Booker. They're doing everything they can to get that man all in chips pushed forward. But Devin Royal's also there. And I think if you pair those two together, I mean, that's that's a game changing class when you throw Jeremy fears into that as well. Uh, where do, where do things stand with Devin Royal by your eye, Davis? All right. I'm going to give you all something here. Ooh, Michigan State. will have two five stars in the 2023 class. Which two are they? Uh, that's a that is a, a legitimate question. I'm asking both. Cart, you take that. Two five stars. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, one's got to be Booker. Are the are the kids current five stars? Or are you saying like when at the end just of the, answer at, the question? Answer the question. Come on, he posed a great question. Now you're you're pulling a me. You're asking too many follow ups. Well, I need it. Well, I need answers too. I have the answer. answer the question. Way. I have the answer, by the way. So I'd like well, go, you to if you have it, you can answer. go ahead and say it. Don't just stand by there. Well, I'm giving you the opportunity. You're the Michigan. You're the people. People come to listen to for Michigan State content. People hate. Do they? Do yeah. They <laughs> no, I don't think so. Go ahead. Uh, the answer, I believe, is uh, that Devin Royal is one, and Jeremy Fears is going to work his way into a five-star ranking as two. I, I believe that is where Davis is going with this. He probably is going to. That would be my guess for uh, for Fears. People uh, really liked what he did um, in Team USA, and they should have because he was he was great there. Uh, but but Devin Royal, Michigan State is in a really nice spot for Devin Royal. And I think right now rivals has him at like 90th in the country. And like, that is like idiotic. Like no disrespect to my guys. I love them, but man, that is, that is, might be the worst ranking in the entire ranking system. You could cut that ranking in half and it would still be about 20 spots too low. Devin Royal is so good. It's not even funny. He was, he was one of the very best players in all of Augusta at Peach Champ, regardless of class. Um, the things he does really well, you know, you can't say enough of. I mean, literally, he does everything well. And, and the, the one thing that really stood out was when he shot bad against Papa Conte in the New York Renaissance, he shot two of 11. He finished with seven assists, seven rebounds. Um, and then the next game, he went for 27 and 16. So, and that was in front of Izzo. Both, both of those performances were in front of Izzo. Um, Devin Royal is so good. It's not even funny. He, he trimmed down a lot. He, I think Rivals has about like 205 pounds, but honestly, he was, he was closer to like 245, maybe six months ago. He was, he had gotten kind of big, 
but he's lost probably 20 to 25 pounds. He's probably sitting around 220 now, uh, 6'6", 220. He's that, that perfect tweener, um, and he's, he's real good. He needs, to, he needs to shoot better. He's, he's only shooting 24 25% uh, on the circuit from three, but right now that's not what he needs to do. I mean, like, you know, that's, he doesn't need that right now. Uh, not, I'm not saying he's like the most explosive athlete or anything of all time, but he dunks everything around the rim. Um, he's so physical, good on defense. He does everything well. He needs to, he needs to shoot better, but, but everything else he does really well. And to me, if I had a say in the rankings, which I don't, he would be a top 25 player somewhere. Well, top 30, somewhere between 25 and, and 30 is where I would put Devin Royal. And he's, he's a, a Michigan state guy. And I'm not saying I'm going to, but it wouldn't be a, a bad idea for me to put in a future cast for Michigan state. Mm. Music's in my absolute ears. Two things for that. One, Greg, that's what you do, man. You, you, you hone in, you know, sometimes you don't got to recruit so many kids. You hone in on a couple. All right. And you make sure you get those couple. And there's nothing that you can say to me moving forward. That doesn't tell me we're not getting the next Draymond Green. So I'll let you comment now, Gregory. Well, first of all, I was just going to ask if does Devin Royal know that his name's not Xavier Booker and that he's not even close to a priority for the Michigan State staff? I mean, <laughs> everything that Tom Izzo cares about is Xavier Booker, Xavier Booker. Devin, Xavier Devin Booker, Royal's always you know? been – he was one, literally – we had three targets. It's Booker, it's Royal, and obviously Fears was one we already had in the loop, but Agent Fears has been doing his recruiting – as well to get it, those two yeah. guys like it, it's literally been those three guys that we have honed in on no all, all jokes aside Devin Roy would be a fantastic fit for Michigan State he seems like a Michigan State guy if you got that class fears Booker and Royal I mean that that is like a Izzo extender class to me I think Izzo was one foot out the door this offseason why else would you leave four scholarships open I mean, it makes no sense. I thought we were going to make it through an episode without you mentioning that. I just I, We're going to talk again. Michigan State. It's a big part of the equation. Uh, but no, Royal would be great. I Here's a comp I have, and he's athletically very different. But like, I kind of see like Ty Rogers with scoring upside a little bit as far as like his ability to impact a game without scoring or without shooting. Like Rogers is a guy who's on the court constantly doing winning things without that. To me, like, Royal similar, except he also has scoring upside. Is that crazy? No, I can kind of see that. Let me. Uh, I just I just did a uh, a uh, scouting report on our guy Devin. I really I I mean like I just put one out. So let me let me pull that bad boy up real fast. Yeah, uh, please, please. Once again, uh, this is Davis Mosley from rivals. So shoot him a follow, please. He's clearly very insightful, very connected. He's a quote unquote up and comer, I guess you could say in the recruiting game, but I think we're going to hear his name for a very long time. So show him some love. I appreciate that. All right. Here's what I had to say about Devin Royal. You want here we go. Check that, check that out right there. Uh, Beautiful. Okay. All right. So we got Devin Royal just le- released his top nine, including Alabama, Clemson, Marquette, Michigan, Michigan state, Miami, Ole Miss, Ohio state, and Penn state. Real quick, I got to interrupt. Carter is on pins and needles right now. I've never seen this man <laughs> so further on the edge of his seat. Than for this. Yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, uh, while the down there, coaches from every every one of those nine programs was there to watch him play, including uh, Izzo, Holtman, um, Shrewsbury. I'm trying to think about uh, Shaka Smart. All, all the guys uh, from all the, the, the programs were there. 
Um, he averaged 18.9 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 2.4 assists per game on the EYBL circuit. Um, I basically said he was one of the most impressive players I saw in Augusta, and I came away from each game more and more impressed. Royal does a little bit of everything on the court. He's a, uh, he is a great scorer, not good, but great. I love how he picks his spots and attacks the defense. He, uh, he aggressively attacks the rebounds, uh, both offensive and defensive glass. Um, and when he gets a rebound, he pushes the ball and goes 94 feet and gets a bucket. And, I, you know, I, I had a lot more in there and said he's, you know, that might, might not have a 50-inch vertical. Uh, you're not going to jump over anybody. But um, he dunks the ball every time he can. I, I, I love him. I think he's, you know, I, I, like I said, I think he could cut his ranking in half and it'd still be uh, 15 to 20 spots too low. Oh, that's beautiful to hear. Because I think the thing that scares me the most, uh, especially with just Royal and Booker in particular, is that if Michigan State does lose out on them, they're more than likely going to have to end up playing those kids like in the next, like Xavier Booker going to Indiana scares the shit out of me. Uh, Devin Royal going to another Big Ten Suzel would scare the shit out of me. So thank you for that. Thank you for that little light, little sunshine. Even if it doesn't happen, I, I appreciate you giving me that little morsel of just hope because uh, if you didn't give me that, then I just get put down on this podcast all the time. So thank you. We're not going to do that to you. We're not going to. I'm you. not going to do that to you. I'm going to do that to him. Uh, in <laughs> fact, fine. I've got another diagram for you guys, because once again, taking Carter's idea and then, you know, extrapolating on it a little bit. Here's uh, what Izzo's done this offseason. This is a five step plan. He's been to Izzo's house, his own home. Then he's been to Dwayne Stevens retirement party. Then he's been to the NBA playoffs for photo ops. Then he's been to Xavier Booker's house. And then he's been back in his own bed. Those are the five places that Tom Izzo has been. Um, you know, that might lead to really good results on the recruiting trail for Michigan State. Who knows? That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? And if it, and if it does, what are you going to say? I'm going to applaud the man. I give credit where credit's due. But going to tip your hat. Long nice. way to go, Cart. Long way to go. Nah, so yeah. the one thing about Xavier Booker, if I could real quick, he, he wasn't there. Obviously, he doesn't play on the, on the Nike circuit. Um, I think Rivals has a number two. Uh, and 247 has him at like 60, and he falls somewhere in that. He's not number two. Sorry, no, no disrespect. Uh, you know, I think he's a good player. I think he's a good, a really good offensive player, but he doesn't play defense. Um, he's bad defensively. Like bad? But not bad. He, he just doesn't play. I mean, he just, he just doesn't play defense. He, he's got all the, you know, he's got, you know, he could be touching both of our heads right now, you know, <laughs> and he's somewhere in between us. I don't know where he is, but he could be touching both of us right now if he wanted to. That's how long his arms are. Uh, and his, his athleticism is great. And he's got a high motor, but he doesn't. He just doesn't play defense right now. That's fine. He might. He might one day. I don't know. Yeah, well, but uh, you know what? Maybe 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 today's the day. I'm like, yeah, I'm in college now. Let's start. Let's yeah. start checking. Let's start checking somebody. I think so. And and that's the thing. He has all the tools to be a great defender. You know, you'd like to see him have a little more, uh, a little more of a motor, and, and that's fine. You know, he that, that that's going to come with time. And, and playing under Izzo, I don't think that, I don't think that'll be any issue. Um, he'll he'll develop that. But offensively, the guy is really good, and he's probably somewhere in the top ten deserving of a top 10 ranking he's definitely not the 60th best player in the country and he's but he's not the number he's not the number two player in the country um somewhere somewhere 15 to, to five anywhere in between there would be a fine ranking by my estimate yeah i remember we kind of called that out when he skyrocketed up the rankings card we we're like this feels a little 
off. It, it, it felt it felt like a more projecting like potential. Obviously, yeah. I mean, you mentioned him being him. If he did want to defend, he probably. I mean, it's not a guarantee he could be a good defender, but literally, like you said, the tools are there to be an elite defender, and then he has the offensive tools that turns into a, a great player. I mean, rankings sometimes are projecting a lot. That's why people. That's why I don't get as shocked when sometimes high recruits don't come into college and play right right away because they're those rankings of them being top ten are projecting them to take a step, and they sometimes don't. That's that's basketball. Yeah, I think I think Xavier's one of those one of those cases where I know it sounds crazy, but like if he does end up as the number two player in the country, you know, I, there's like three or four more updates in the ranking, and I, I expect him to to mellow out. Maybe you know somewhere in the eight to ten range would be my guess, just just because it's safe. He might not be that guy that comes in and plays 25 minutes as a freshman, even though he's a top ten player, and that's fine. Like you know, the the one critique of guys that are that are built like him is always, you know, he needs to put on muscle. He needs to do it. I mean, look what look what they did to Chet, and that's fine. You know, I'm not the biggest Chet fan in the world, but to say he needed to put on 20 pounds of muscle, no, he doesn't. He doesn't play center. So, but Xavier Booker does, uh, and 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 he does need to worry about putting on some weight. He's really thin, and if he wants to play in the Big Ten, which he would be a good player, he, matching up against the Edies the Hunter Dickinson's now I don't know if they'll even be around when he's here but but he's going to need to put on some weight he's going to need to put on 20 pounds of muscle um and I think I think a freshman year where he plays 15 minutes a game would be really beneficial but now for granted so could playing 25 or 30 you know I'm not I'm not an expert I'm not a college coach I don't know what would be good for players what wouldn't be but he's uh he's he's really special he's got a lot of talent he just needs to to refine it and, and keep working. All right. I want to end with this. Uh, and first of all, this was a really fun episode. We said we were going to do 20 minutes and we did about an hour. So appreciate you for that. Uh, also, episodes are way more fun when like both Michigan State and Michigan have something to get excited about. It's the first time in a long time I felt that energy with Carter and me both individually on an episode. So that's fun. Shout out to Michigan, Michigan State for doing some good shit again. Yeah, man. I want to end with this. February 24th. 2024 is the date Michigan and Michigan state are playing in East Lansing at the Breslin center. What is the starting lineup of both teams? And I want, I want all three of us to answer this question actually. So we can, we can give Davis a little time to come up with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, let me brainstorm real quick. Hold on. And this, you said 2024. It's February 24th, 2024 is the, date that I have come up with for this hypothetical game. So yes, uh, basically the end of next season, not this season, but what would be, uh, so not this upcoming season. Yeah. The next one, the next one. So Xavier Booker, Isaiah Collier's freshman season. Freshman. Okay. Got you. I got you. Uh, and I have my answer. I'll give my answer for the two. And then I just like to hear the two of yours, uh, Michigan starting lineup, sophomore Doug McDaniel at point. Freshman Isaiah Collier at the two. Sophomore Jed Howard at the three. Sophomore Yusuf Kyatt at the four. Senior Hunter Dickinson at the five for the Michigan Wolverines. For, Mich- for Michigan State, senior A.J. Hogard. Super senior Tyson Walker. Junior Pierre Brooks. Freshman Xavier Booker. And sophomore Jackson Kohler. Okay. And I think both teams are top 
10 in the country if that's their starting lineups. I think I'm going to hurt Greg's feelings. Oh, <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hurt Greg's feelings. I'm nervous. That means I need a dose of reality, though, because <laughs> – No, no, no. I just – just my, my prediction. I'm just going to hurt him. I'm, I'm going to hurt him. I already know. Wow. I'm trying to think of what's going to hurt so bad. Is it just Terrence Williams being in the lineup with like six more power forwards? (laughs) (laughs) I did have to, I fought with Hunter Dickinson back for a fourth year or not, but I really think he might be back. I really did. Wait, I might've missed that. Did you say he came back in your lineup? I did. I got Doug Collier, Jet, Yusuf, and Hunter Dickinson as my lineup a season from now. Okay. I have no idea who you said for Michigan State, but that's okay. We don't need to. I'll repeat. I'll repeat. Michigan State's is Hogard, Walker, Pierre Brooks, Xavier Booker, and Jackson Kohler. And I do think they'll get Devin Royal and obviously Jeremy Fears. I just don't think they'll start as freshmen. Where does Jaden Aikens fall in that? I'm so glad you asked that, my friend. Uh, as we all know, Jay Nakins is third on Tom Izzo's totem pole, and that's going to continue for this season behind Akins and or behind Ridiculous. Uh, and Walker. Ridiculous. So we'll we'll see. Maybe Akins won't be happy with being third in a backcourt where he's clearly the best player. Maybe he'll come off the bench as a junior too, or maybe he'll choose greener pastures. Man, I am just I am going to hurt his feelings so bad. <laughs> So I am so sorry. I, no, I am so sorry. What I'm trying to think of how you're going to hurt me. It would have to be Llewellyn and Terrence Williams and Terrace Reed and nobody else good. That's it. Right. That, that's the hurt. Well, Cart, you want to go, man? I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So Michigan State first. I got Hogarth at the one, Aikens at the two, Pierre Brooks at the three, Booker and Kohler. Where's, no, uh, where's Tyson? Where's Keon, Keon Coleman? <laughs> <laughs> Keon Coleman's giving us like seven minutes off the bench. Uh, where's where's who, Greg? Where's, where's Tyson Walker? He's just going to start for two years at shooting guard and then not play his final it's year? time for him to take the next step in his career. Like it was for Joey Hauser, according to the whole fan base, too? Not, 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 not this fan base. Yeah, okay. Well, what okay, you got for I, Michigan? Yeah, do Michigan. Michigan, I got uh, I got Collier, Doug, Jace Howard, Terrence Williams, Hunter Dickinson. Jace Howard? Yes. <laughs> you got Hunter back for a fourth year, though. That's fun. I do. Interesting. All right, we'll start with Michigan State for me. Oh, I think uh, I think me and Card have the same. I got I got Hogard, Aikens, Brooks, Booker, and Kohler. Yes, sir. That's you- that's what I got. I think that's the safe pick. Do you also um, think Tyson Walker departs after this season? Probably so. I mean, I, look, I'm just saying, like, they got Hogard, they've got Aikens, they've got Trey Holloman, they've got Jeremy Fierce. Nobody wants to play in a five backcourt uh, or a five-point guard backcourt. And, yes, you can play them at the two. You can play them at whatever. That's fine. Nobody wants to play in that, you know. And that's why Marble left because he, he had to split uh, 13.3 minutes at center. Nobody wants to do that. So I, no way all five of them stick around. There's no way. I mean, and, and I'll say the same thing uh, that, that goes with, uh, with, with Michigan. And I'm going to hurt. I really am. I'm I can't wait to hear so this. Bad. I'm so scared right now. What is this? There is 
I love Doug. I love him. But he, I don't think he will start as a sophomore. And I'm not sure if he'll be the first guard off the bench. I know that's going to hurt your feelings. I know. I've got Isaiah Collier, Kobe Bufkin, Jet Howard, Terrence Williams, and Hunter Dickinson with the first guard off the bench being El Marco Jackson. Oh, wow. So you think they got both of them, Collier and El Marco? Yeah. Shit. Wow. By the way, El Marco is so good. Yeah, oh my he God, is. He's so good. He's so yeah, good. Yeah, he is. He's like, like t- all right, so he's like 144 right now. <laughs> he's legitimately going to jump 100 spots, at least 100. We, I was going to say, we haven't even talked about El Marco. And I, if Michigan doesn't get El Marco, they really fumbled the bag there, by the way. No question. Marlon, Marlon Jackson's relative. He should be. But at the same time, all, all the programs that are in on him now also offered the same weekend. Kansas, Villanova, Virginia, they all offered the same weekend. So it's not like one of them has a leg up. Like, you know, I'm sorry, he's not going to Connecticut. The guy's – he's not. He's not going to St. John's. Yeah, those programs offered him two years ago, but yeah. he's not. He's, he's just not. Yeah. That guy, is, he, is, he is ridiculous. I think I think if, if we don't get Collier and get El Marco, he's starting at the one. You know, weirdly, that doesn't hurt me at all. If Michigan's backcourt is that good to where Doug McDaniel is the third best guy in it, that's the best Michigan's backcourt has ever been. Well, I completely agree. And, and you know, I, I can't name drop, but people close – I hate I hate the sources tell me that whole that whole BS. But you know, I've I've spoken with with some people close to to the to the top. Um, they're they're looking to take both Collier and El Marco. Um, they actually think El Marco's more of a combo too. I don't agree. Now I think I think he can play. Like that's the thing. Like he can play because they're both six three. You know, Collier and El Marco are both six, three and a half. And so they're able to play at the one and the two. And that'd be probably the most electric backcourt in, in the Big Ten, um, maybe in the country. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they're looking to take both of them from what from what I've heard. And uh, that would be a lot of fun. Well, I, I promised time. myself all week I wouldn't get my hopes up, and now we just got every Michigan fan's hopes so high up at the end of this episode. So we failed in that respect, but uh, very fun episode. Davis, thank you for coming on. You have an open invite anytime you want to come on the show. We would gladly welcome you back. Uh, again, you guys should all go follow Davis. Can you plug where people can do that, please? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm at Twitter. You know, it's just my name, at Davis Mosley, like like. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Most people think my name's David. It's not. It's Davis. Um, and then I got two E's in, in the last name. So just, just give me a follow over there. Um, I'd appreciate it, but yeah, I, uh, I really appreciate y'all having me on. It's been great. Um, I've always wanted to be on one of these. So, Hey, <laughs> I just, I just, uh, checked it off my bucket list right hey, before I die. Hey, hey, like Greg said, anytime, anytime for real. Okay. Well, hey, let's uh let, let's let's uh tentatively plan one for the follow-up for a collier's visit that's we'll good. uh we'll uh we'll go from there sounds fantastic appreciate you man yeah man for sure
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.